Hello, this is your host, George Muniz Gund. Welcome to the first episode of Unpacking Neurodiversity. Uh, first of all, I wanted to just warn everyone in advance that this is my first podcast and my first episode, so please bear with me, please be patient. There will be a lot of ums, there will be hesitations. I also do have sensory processing disorder as one of my autistic traits and I sometimes need um, extra time to process certain information that is coming into my brain and put it into words. So that also is why you will notice these delays sometimes. Anyways, um, introducing myself, I am a young autistic Brazilian American actor. I was diagnosed with um, originally Asperger's syndrome uh, in 2010. That's unfortunately what it was called at the time. Um, I later came to learn that um, Hans Asperger, the person that the uh, Asperger's syndrome was named after, uh, was a terrible person, a Nazi, who used to euthanize uh, higher support needs autistics that he deemed um, that weren't useful to his society. And those that had lower support needs or, you know, ended up being called Asperger's, would be put to work in concentration camps. So that is the very dirty history of Hans, Hans Asperger, and that is why that diagnosis is no longer in the DSM and is now called autism. It is all, it is all called autism spectrum disorder. Now, I have strong reservations against the word disorder, and I can get into that in a moment. Um, but anyways, uh, that was my original diagnosis. And, um, you know, uh, so this was in, in Sao Paulo, Brazil, that I got diagnosed. Uh, my mom's family is, um, my I am Brazilian on my mom's side, and I am American on my father's side, and I currently reside in the Bay Area. Um, but at the time, I was residing with my mother's family in Brazil. And so it was 2010 I got diagnosed. I was 16 years old. Um, of course, I wish I had gotten this diagnosis a lot sooner. Um, as we all do, I'm a late-diagnosed autistics like myself. We all wish we, we had been diagnosed sooner because it would explain uh, a lot more about ourselves and we would just be a lot more understanding about ourselves, you know, just understanding that we're different and that's okay and not that we're not broken or, or you know, there's nothing wrong with us. We're just different. We just, our brains are wired in a different way. Um, but at, at the time, you know, there, there was not much information that was very, um, nothing like I've come across today. Everything that I come across, you know, this isn't to say that I didn't have a good support system because I did have a very good support system at the time. 
Uh, I had good therapists and um, my parents were very supportive and, you know, like I had a very good support system, but uh, there wasn't a lot of information that I could relate to because a lot of the information, particularly at the time, was written by non-autistic people and that's fine. You know, I have nothing against people that aren't autistic wanting to study autism and wanting to write about it, but the problem is it's always going to be a very, mu very much of an outsider's perspective on autism because you're never going to be, you can't really understand like how autism is experienced from the inside if you're not autistic. So everything I was reading was about autism from the outside and unfortunately and this is still the case to this day but when you go online and read um you know look up um anything about autism most of what you find is very negative it's very pathology based um i i very it's very hard to find articles that um highlight the positive traits of autism when you simply search autism articles online unfortunately and and this is because the education system is not built for autistic people to succeed the disability departments are not providing uh, enough support and enough resources and the limited support that they do provide and the whole um, paradigm that they revolve around is a very pathology-based paradigm which treats um, differences such as autism, uh, which is essentially just a different neurotype, a different uh, way that the brain is wired as disorders or deficits. Now this is because it doesn't fit the neuronormative, neurotypical molds that they consider to be correct and this is this is the 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 whole pathology paradigm this is what the neurodiversity movement and the neurodiversity paradigm challenge the, this is the neuro what the neurodiversity movement is about it is about using the neurodiversity bringing in the neurodiversity paradigm which acknowledges that these are just differences. It's just different wiring or a different flavor of chocolate, if you will. Uh, they're differences to be supported and accommodated, of course. You know, a lot of autistic people, particularly with high support needs, particularly those that may be um, nonverbal uh, or non-speaking, um, however you characterize that, that term, um, because, you know, we, we have to remember that if you don't speak, you can still write. Like, uh, a lot of times, uh, high support needs or non-speaking autistics will be invalidated and have their voice silenced and have neurotypicals speak over them because they assume, because if you, well, you can't speak, they, they ignore the fact that you can still write, they ignore the fact that you can communicate other ways, and um, oftentimes it's... Autism is portrayed as a tragedy, and uh, oh my God, it's is it going to be too late? There's so much tragic ableist vibe, and it's really unfortunate, and it's 
really not the message we want to be sending to parents of young autistic children that just got diagnosed because really what these kids need is just to be accepted and supported and accommodated for who they are and that is going to have a huge impact on their well-being and their their mental state throughout life and you know when you think about this whole pathology paradigm no wonder we have such high suicide rates among autistic people because autistic people nowadays grow up in a society that constantly ostracizes them for being different and comes up with therapies to basically treat or fix their autism so they can fit these neuronormative molds that neurotypicals have deemed to be the correct or the appropriate way or whatever term you want to use. Um, so no wonder autistics, you know, feel the way they do. And what people need to understand is that we don't feel, we don't feel bad. We don't feel depressed because of our autism. We feel bad and depressed because of the way the world treats us. And that is one of the core messages that the neurodiversity movement uh, is trying to highlight, is trying to get people to understand that if, if neurodivergent people were just treated in a more inclusive way and just accommodated for just being different and just accepted for that instead of like treated as disordered or diseased, we would we would have just much happier people overall. But continuing, um, I didn't really, you know, dig into this whole neurodiversity paradigm world until just this year. Um, I started, um, well, actually, that's not entirely true. Um, about Five years ago, I switched therapists to a much more neurodiversity-affirming therapist. And um, this therapist was able to give me a lot more understanding of why I struggled so much, understanding certain neurotypical ways of, of communicating out in the world. Just to clarify for those who aren't com um, familiar with the term neurotypical, neurotypical is basically someone that is not autistic or neurodivergent, so they have a typical style of brain um, that doesn't really diverge from the norm. Anyways, um, I had a lot of trouble under kind of translating, you know, neurotypical communication to autistic communication like how do I interpret this what does this mean how do I understand and this therapist has helped me a lot um, over the years that I've now been with her um, in understanding these things and you know she, I, I could tell from the beginning that she has a much deeper understanding of autism and the neurodiversity paradigm than my previous therapist did. My previous therapist was clearly 
more of a pathology paradigm based, not really inclusive, not really interested in understanding my autistic ways of communication. Um, honestly, she just seemed more interested in collecting the check, but um, she wasn't really making any effort to understand me. It feels like she just expected me to understand neurotypical things that I don't understand and just she was very unhelpful in general as a therapist so I was very happy when I made the switch to my new therapist but off that topic now um concluding that rant um I started really really understanding more about the neurodiversity paradigm this year when I created an advocacy page on Instagram at SFA Autism Acceptance. Uh, I don't profit from it in any way, so um, I am just sharing for pure awareness. And um, what was really helpful for me when I created that page and when I started following uh, other autistic accounts was that I really started to see autism viewed from the inside. The, wh what autistic experiences such as sensory overload and executive dysfunction and neurotypical social communication struggles, I also I started to understand all of this so much better and so much more clearly when I started seeing it from an autistic perspective rather than a neurotypical perspective and seeing so many different autistic accounts so many different autistic people talking about their experiences and you know their uh, views on all these things that I had really to the to this point only read about mostly from non-autistics with a very outsider's view and a lot of times a very pathologized view. Um, so that was very helpful. That is something that I am very grateful in general just for coming across the whole uh, neurodiversity world and just the actually autistic community. So Essentially, that wraps up um, what I wanted to talk about for this episode. Once again, I I hope you understand uh, the, the amount of ums and the amount of pauses. I feel like this will get better with time. It'll become more natural to me to be doing these things. But given this is my first podcast, first episode... It's to be expected. But I hope you were able to get something out of this episode. Um, I will, if you enjoyed it and if you want to listen to the next episode, I will be keeping everyone posted on that. So stay tuned and see you next time.